The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. You know, we made a uh, high school program of our night seder here in the shul. And we made an incentive to give to many of these high school boys that if they would come in three out of four nights a week and learn every week for five months without missing, we would give them an incentive trip to Orlando. And sure enough, right after the high holidays, immediately they started their night seder. We brought in a whole staff of Rebbe's because I want them here. I don't want them anywhere else at night. I want to take them off the streets, keep them in learning, let them finish a mesechet, besides from what they're doing in yeshiva. Let it be something that they're not forced to come to, but they actually can choose on their own to want to come to, so that there could be an interaction between a Rebbe and a Talmud without the walls up between them. Because when a kid shows up to a night Seder that he chose to come to, he comes in with a very different mindset than when he steps into school. It's very different when you have to be somewhere than when you don't have to be somewhere and you chose to come on your own. Much more open to be able to absorb, to listen, to even learn, believe it or not, to even learn. So to me, this program was extremely important. We hired a whole staff of Rebbe's just for round one night Seder of high school. This is not the adult night Seder at nine o'clock. This is the high school night Seder of 8.15. And these guys came in for five months, three out of four nights a week. And now it's payday. The rabbi got to deliver. Hamidaberum kayen shechol divarav emet vatzedek. It better be, because it's all about trust. Chinuch today in this generation rides on trust. If people would only understand that concept, respect and trust, and it's a two-way street. If they don't feel your respect and trust, you'll never get their respect and trust. That's just the name of the game. And here it is. So sure enough, myself and another chaperone or two, we picked up the guys, we went out to Orlando. Now gentlemen, I want to tell you something. I made sure we got a house with a pool. The guys had a blast the first night, night swimming. We took them out to a park. They went running around on the rides. They had a great time. Baruch Hashem, it wasn't that hot, so it wasn't a problem with what Florida's parks look like in the hotter months. We made sure to go in a cooler season where we didn't run into, thank God, Baruch Hashem, the Piritzut issue. We went to a park that was more of a family park. It wasn't a universal park. It wasn't a, a teenager's park because I was not going to bring guys who sat and learned Torah for five months to a place that in five minutes, with what chas shalom their eyes can see, would lose. I wouldn't do that. Never. I wouldn't do that, period, let alone guys that sat and learned. <laughs> joking. So we went to a family park. We came in. It was cool. I made up with the guys. I said, guys, listen up. You know, we're going to be meeting at 4 o'clock right next to this spot. We're going to pray mincha, go back to the house, 
have a barbecue, and then later on, I'll take you out to Fun Spot, and we'll be there with the go-karts till midnight. Oh, Rabbi, we love it! They went out, they had a blast, and me, I sat in the souvenir shop, like what rabbis do on these type of trips. I sat in the souvenir shop as a good grandpa, buying souvenir presents for my grandkids. What am I going to do? I'm on the phone answering calls, returning calls, catching up with calls that I didn't make in two weeks from before Israel trip. I had to start catching up. That's what I'm doing. But after two, three hours, I started getting thirsty. And it started getting a little bit warmer. It actually hit the 60s at that point. And I started getting a little bit... So I went, I bought a drink. And Rabotai, I'm a little bit uncomfortable to say this. Because you're not supposed to say really kabbalot that you take upon yourself. Definitely not in public. And I hope I don't lose out on what I'm about to say to you now. But we're talking here about Moshe Rabbeinu, who took a bullet for the people constantly, and he went down with the ship out of his love for the people. So I'm going to say this out of my love for the people. A few years ago, someone who was very close to me was in a lot of trouble. He was also sick. He needed a Yeshua and a Refuah. I took upon myself a Kabbalah. I took upon myself that I'm not going to eat or drink. I'm not going to make any birkat anehenim without someone there answering Amen. If there isn't someone there to answer Amen, I'm not eating and I'm not drinking until I find somebody that's going to answer the birkat anehenim, the birachot on food and drink, with an Amen. I didn't realize at that time what I was signing up for, I'll be honest with you. This Kabbalah brought about many Taniyot, I can tell you honestly. Times where you wouldn't expect that you're alone somewhere, on a plane, in a mall, on a street, even in your own house, and your wife is out somewhere for hours. It's embarrassing to say there were times where I'd walk out onto the street holding a cup, waiting for somebody to walk by. I felt like Abraham Avinu, I'm waiting for, you know, for the Malachim to show up. I'm waiting for someone to walk just to answer Amen. And you have to see the look on the faces of people. You walk up to someone on the street and say, could you answer Amen to my Berachan? They look at you like, did you just land from Mars? Like, what's your deal? What do you have? You know. But I had to do it for this guy. And I want to tell you, this guy saw an incredible Yeshua. I'm talking about Lamala Mider Chateva. Oh, incredible, miraculous Yeshua after this. But I took upon myself and I did it. Now here I am last week in Orlando, in a park in Florida, family park. The guys are everywhere. Good luck trying to find the guys. I walked out. Where am I going to get them? Find them on an upside down roller coaster? Where am I going to find them? I'm walking around, walking around, looking. I'm thirsty. I haven't drank for hours. Hours. And it's starting to get warm and I'm starting to sweat. Could you send me somebody to answer the Amen? Now, I know, Chamovadia Paskins, that in such a scenario, you could actually call somebody up, somebody up on the phone and have them answer an Amen. And it is, it is okay. L'chatchila is a different question, but it, is, it, it suffices. It's good enough. It's okay. But when I took on this Kabbalah and I saw the miraculous response that Shamayim gave this guy and saved him in an, a miraculous way, 
I said, I took upon myself to do this l'chatechila. And I never relied on that, so I'm trying to do it adasov. Trying. But this time I was, I was, it was hard, it was very hard. And I was walking around the park looking for somebody that looks Jewish. Anybody! Anybody! I sat down under a tree on the side, trying to get into some shade. I'm sitting there holding this drink, just waiting. I said, okay, Borei Olam, I'm waiting for your plan. My plan didn't work. It never does. Your plan always works. It always does. I'm waiting for your plan. 20 minutes later, a guy with a family, wife and kids, walks right up to me under the tree. I was actually on the phone. I had to hang up the call. And he says to me in Hebrew, I said, Ken? He says to me in Hebrew, are there any other parks here in Orlando? I'm looking at him. Are there any other parks in Orlando? <laughs> are there potatoes in Idaho? I mean, you know, it's it, a little bit of a weird question. Are there any other parks? Uh, Orlando, that's, that's, that's all there is, is parks. There's the Disney's parks, there's the Universal parks, there's SeaWorld. I mean, whole Orlando, that's what it is. It's theme parks, amusement parks, water parks, you know, fun stuff, you know, racing parks. I mean, but are there any other parks? I said to him, Ken? Yes, He says, Ken? He says, oh, tough. He says, I have this. He shows me his son. This is an eight-year-old. Where do you think I should take him? I told him an idea. I have my fifteen-year-old. Uh, uh, Where do you think I should? I told him an idea. And we're going through the whole family. He says, "Oh, because we're here for a few days. We just don't know." And that... So we get through the whole conversation. Once we're done, I gave him the whole directory of the entire Orlando with the, the, the demographics. So back and forth, I turn back to him now and I say to him, "Slachli, uh, do you think?" that you can answer Amen for my beracha. So he looks at me and says, I said, Slicha? He said, Yeah, I mean, if I have no choice, I'll do it. I looked at him like, What? I looked at him like, well, What does that mean? He says, Listen, I said, he says, Zotomeret, he tells me. Zotomeret. And sonetadat. I hate religion. And you're asking me to do something with you of a religious fashion. You're asking me to answer Amen to your biracha. Tedelecha. I want you to know. sonetadat. I hate religion. So, he says to me, he says to me, if I have no choice, I'll do it. And then he says to me, Tishma, Animevini tells me, Yeshrak Anivata. Everybody here are goyim. He says, I see that you can't ask anyone else. So, I'm the only guy that can do this for you. So, I'm not going to say no to you, but I'm not happy about it. Because I just want you to know, I hate the religion. I said, Ken, what? I stopped for a minute, I thought to myself, this guy hates the religion. What am I humbling here with? Is that, is that what I'm dealing with here? And if that's the case, who would, who would say that his amen is even 
Good. Would that be the amen that I want for my beracha? Is he even qualified now to answer amen to my beracha? Is it not picores? I mean, guy tells you he hates the religion. I mean, would that be a guy that's bechalel shabbat befarhesia? That if he touches a bottle of wine, he has a din of yayin esech? I mean, now, is his amen better than the amen of all the thousands of goyim that I've been avoiding up until now? I could have gotten a Goya, uh, you know, I could have gotten a religious Christian to say, Amen. You know, I mean, you know, but I didn't do that. So is his Amen any better? So I look at the guy, and I say to myself, I got one or two choices. Either I move on and try to find somebody else who is qualified to give a proper Jewish Amen, or I got to be master of this guy, Betshuva. What, <laughs> what did it do? I mean, I don't know what else to do. So I turned to the guy and I said to him, listen to me, I just want to ask you a question. Why did you come over to me? You came over to me to ask me, is there any other parks in Orlando? Why'd you come over to me? You know that I'm a religious guy. You probably understood that I'm not from here. Wouldn't it made much more sense to go to any of the locals? You got a thousand goyim here. Most of them are Floridians. Go to a guy, Mikomi, a local guy, and ask him, hey, you live here? Could you tell me about the parks in Orlando? Why did you come to me? You know I'm not from here. He says to me, I came to you. I said, oh, so you mean we do have a connection. He said, Ken, he tells me. He told me this. He says, I came to you because I know that if I would, this is what the guy tells me, he says, I know if I would have a problem, you would be the first one to help me and none of these goyim would do a thing for me. He says, He says, that's why I came to you for help. I came to you and asked you my question. I said, one second, but anidati. Vani rabbi. I'm a rabbi. So you don't hate the da'at. You don't hate the religion. Because I'm religious. And you came to me for help. And you know that I would help you if you were in a moment of need over all these goyim. If that's the case, you don't hate the da'at. You don't hate the religion. Because I'm religious. And you don't hate me. Because then you wouldn't have came to me for help. He looks at me and he says, Ah, he says, I can't say that. He tells me, you're right. I don't hate the dot. I just don't like certain things about. I said, you don't hate the dot? He says, no. I said, good. He closes his eyes and he says, Amen. I took a drink. I needed it. And then I looked him dead in the eye and I said to him, don't ever forget what happened here right now. You don't hate the Da'at. You don't hate Klal Yisrael. You don't hate Judaism. And you don't hate the religion. Yeshrak ani va'ata va'avinu And the guy walked away with his head. And he said, I came to you because you're right. 
came to you because Yeshrak Aniva Atta. And I know good and well, he told me, that if I had a problem and something, an issue went down that I needed real help, you'd be the one to help me over everybody else here. Yesh Abba, Yesh Ani, Ata, Bezel. This is what it means to have Klalis, what it means to live for other people, what it means to have a connection that is beyond a soul connection, where even someone who's not coming from a religious or a from background, but the minute he sees a guy with a yarmulke, the minute he sees somebody that he knows that that's one of mine, and somehow or other push comes to shove, putting all our differences aside, but Lamaisa, when something hits the fan, I know that I can rely on you, and you can rely on me. Yesh Abba, Rakani And this was the legacy that we got from our leaders. We got from Moshe Rabbeinu. Mecheinina, wipe me out, erase my name if I don't have you. Because if I don't have you, I don't have what to live for. And therefore, my mission is over. Because my mission is about you. And your mission is about me. And if I can't save you, then what purpose do I have? Says Moshe Rabbeinu, take me out of the Torah. I have no purpose. I have no calling. Amazing what it meant to be the Gadlut of a Jew was in the selflessness that I'm here to live for you. Yesh Abba, Yeshrak Ani Va'ata. And that's what I saw black and white this past week in the craziest places in a park in Orlando with a guy who thought he hated religion. And in truth, in truth, he loved another Jew. That's why he came to me. And I saw it again. How beautiful Klal Yisrael, how, how beautiful Klal Yisrael shines at certain times. You know, when you sit down and make a cheshbon on these trips of how much the trip is going to cost and how many sponsors you need to get and how much money you need to raise, sometimes there's those tricky calculations that you can never really calculate in advance. You know, I can calculate the flights. I know how many guys, I know how much the flight costs. I can calculate uh, the rental cars. I have contracts in advance with reservations. I know what the van's going to cost, what the Suburban's going to cost. I know these things. I know the tickets to the park. I know the group rate that we get. But when it comes to food, can you calculate food? 20 guys? These guys can eat. <laughs> Especially on vacation. Wow. And I didn't realize, one night I told him, we're going to a restaurant. So when I went and raised the money, boy was I off on our calculation when it came to the food. Because right after we landed, I took him to that famous Winn-Dixie in Orlando that has the big kosher section. These guys bought out the place! There went all the food money that was allotted for food. So when we got to the restaurant that night, all my money was gone. I said, Borei Olam, Abba. I'm dropping my calculations and my cheshbonot. I'm going with your plan. I need you to foot this one. 
I guess I'll put it on my credit card and hope that you'll send it to me from somewhere. But I'm not worried because I'm relying on you, on your plan, not my plan. That's exactly what we did. We walked into the restaurant, 20 guys, and they ordered up something crazy. Burgers, schnitzels, and, and you have to see the prices. <laughs> Burgers, schnitzels, and these guys were ordering platters and shawarma, and they were ordering up a storm. The numbers that this bill is going to come out to be, wow, wow. As we're ordering, the Israeli guy behind the counter says to me, Rega, you're the rabbi, you're Atah. I looked at him, what? He says, you're the rabbi that was in the snow by the, by the cocktail. I said, uh, now I'm the rabbi in Orlando in the rain. It was raining that night. I said, could you help us out? We, you know, we have, we have, our guys are really hungry. He says, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you guys. He gave us this beautiful spread, great order. I'm saying, Boreal, I'm relying on you. At the end of the order, he gives us all the food, and he says, Rabbi, I want to tell you something. The whole order is paid for. I said, what? We're looking at an order of over $1,000. I said, what do you mean it's paid for? He says, it's paid for. I said, by who? He says, I can't tell you. I said, no, come on, Batman, tell me. Is it by you? He says, no, it's not by me. I said, come on, tell me. Who? He says, when you walked into the restaurant with all your guys, somebody saw you, this guy that listens to your classes, and quietly he came over, handed me his credit card and said, pay for the entire, for the entire order. I said, come on, tell me who. I want to tell the guy thank you. It's not nice. Tell me who. And I, and I, and I pushed him and I pushed him and I pushed him. Finally, he tells me, okay. Let me ask Rashut if I can give him up because he told me specifically not to say. He disappears. He comes back five minutes later and says, okay, I can tell you who. He says, you see that table over there? Says, now, I really thought it was him. I thought it was the guy behind the counter, the owner. He says, you see that table over there with those three guys? Those three guys paid for the entire order. I said, wow, that's amazing. I walked up to the table. I gave these three guys a hug. Young guys. Young, young guys. I said, where are you guys from? He says, we're from Miami. We're from Hollywood in Miami. I said, what are you doing here in Orlando? He says, you know, it's the craziest thing. We're only here for one day. We came out that there was this past week, there was a kitchen show, kitchen appliances and so on in Orlando this past week. He says, that's, that's our business. And uh, so we came out to Orlando and we went to drive back. But after the show, we got tired. So we decided we'll stay overnight. And this is one of the kosher grills. It, one of the only kosher grills in the entire Orlando. So we came out here tonight. We weren't even supposed to be here tonight. I said, I know. You were here tonight because of us. He says, that's right. He says, when we saw you walk in with those 20 guys, we looked at these kids and we saw ourselves 10 years ago. That was me. And I wanted, I wanted to give back. That's what these guys tell me. He says, we bumped into a rabbi in Hollywood young rabbi with a lot of a lot of energy a lot of spunk and he turned us around and he pulled us off the street and he made us b'nei Torah and he made us matzliach he says what you're doing now for these guys somebody else did for us 
we want to go back and give back to that. We saw these guys walk in. We saw ourselves 10 years ago. We said, you know what? We appreciate what this is. We want to carry tonight's, tonight's supper. They paid for the entire thing from beginning to end. It's unbelievable. What it means to be a Yid. I'm here for somebody else, complete, selfless. I'm here for you 100%. It's unbelievable. And therefore, you stop for a minute, you say to yourself, how lucky I am to be part of Klal Yisrael. And sometimes here in Chutzlars, we feel it more than ever. We're surrounded by so many goyim. Then you walk down the block and you see another Jew. You drive to a town that you are not from. And then all of a sudden you start seeing people with a yarmulke walking. Oh, you feel at home again. You feel connected again. You drive to Lakewood. You start seeing people driving. Oh, you feel at home again. You drive to Deal. You drive to five towns. You're driving through neighborhoods of Goyim. And then all of a sudden it's so evident to see where the Jewish neighborhood begins. It's like literally someone drew a red line. You can tell if this was a Jewish block or not a Jewish block. And you feel comfortable. You feel in a certain way connected. Moshe Rabbeinu taught us that Yeshrak Ani Va'ata Ba'olam. That's it. Yesh Abba. And Abba's biggest nahat is when we realize Yeshrak Ani Va'ata Ba'olam. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.